Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. That's a little video from our JAR podcast uh, that kind of led to the formation of this podcast after that threading all those discussions together. I didn't didn't know how powerful those words were a year ago or a year plus, uh, but really mental health was the was really the story that stitched everything together. And so I've put this podcast together. Also uh, started the JAR Foundation, a nonprofit LLC uh, that we're working on uh, building out. And so this is part of that conversation is now to go to school, listen, learn as much as we can about mental health so we can be good stewards uh, of, the, of the nonprofit. And today we've got Ellen Tyler. And, uh, you know, Ellen's a coach, among other things. Got some of those little funny letters after her name. Um, <laughs> And she can explain all about it. So thanks for everybody for supporting, uh, listening, at least showing up today for the mental health uh, podcast. Please do rate us, rank us uh, and share. Ellen, how about a couple minutes about who are you and then a little bit of what's your what's your burning passion in the space? Oh, gosh, um, I was trying to do it in a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> you take you take your time. No, it's always the challenge, because when you think about this, we all have a life story with how we got to where we are and, yes. and then moment in time we're a culmination of who we've been but mm. that doesn't predict who we're going who, who, to be. right who we're going to be so i ended up being the most unusual introverted salesperson in a whole profession i would have never picked like <laughs> but that that happened to us and uh. But I have some really great attributes, which is be a great student. You can learn anything because I worked in the world of financial services and in that profession. And um, for those that are not familiar with it, is that uh, it's super combative, super competitive, um, way more men than women. And mm. I didn't have the playbook. So when you think uh, about it, like this world, I didn't have the playbook. I didn't understand it. And, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And I had the great fortune of being introduced to the late, great Bob Proctor. And at that point, he wasn't known, like the movie hadn't come out and I hired him. Uh, and that was great. And then followed up by not so great, which was I didn't rehire him, but for everyone listening, it's to understand, I didn't know that we're always working on our personal growth and development. I had to learn that on my own, which was, <laughs> okay, I need to hire him again because you know work was just getting all messed up again. I went out, hired him again, and then it was the opportunity to come and work with him and be mentored by him. And I left an industry I had worked decades in. Yeah, crazy. So my peers and friends thought I was crazy. Crazy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
but they couldn't see why it made sense to me. You see, I went into the financial world because I wanted to help people like my parents. Mm. And when anyone understands we all have a purpose in life, the vision is how do we deliver it? And that can change. So my purpose has always been to help individuals driven by, you know, the fact that my dad had a stroke when he was 43 years old and and medically retired and not many people could survive and they were fine. I mean, they actually ended up, but I was 21 and I go, I don't even know what a mortgage is. Like, I don't know anything. (laughs) And so when I went in that world, it was to help people like them and me. Yeah. And the better you get in that world, the more you're not working with the people you wanted to work with. Yeah. (laughs) This is such a, well, if you're guess who they want you to sell to, they want you to sell to the people with a hundred million dollars. Absolutely. The reason that it made perfect sense in my overall purpose was when I first hired Bob the first time. So I hired the coach my income doubled. And it's never about the money. People always think it's about the money, Um, which is, it's a nice energy related way to get what you want, but it allowed us to change the dynamics of our family and change a lot of lives. Hmm. I have five kids. Three of them were adopted after that. Anyone who has adopted kids, it's not inexpensive to adopt kids from another country. They were teenagers. And just, you can see the ripple effect of working with a coach, having the income, doing that. And so my purpose stays the same. I came out over here to help people create the monetary event so that they can understand it's about living your life on purpose. Hmm. It's a beautiful story. And I I love the fact, you know, you had the coach and you thought you knew it all. I heard the coach. (laughs) Wasn't really the coach. Wasn't really the coach, obviously. <laughs> I, I mean, that's got to be a, a story that's told a hundred times a day. Oh, always. Smartest thing was hiring him. Not so bright was not real. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I didn't learn very much. Well, he's so, I mean, to you know, to be fair, the coaching is that good mm-hmm. that it felt like it was you. Yeah. Because it was you. It is. All all a coach does is show you the path. And if you're willing to do the work, because yeah, what I tell my clients all the time, it's like herding cats. Do the work, do the work, do the work. Oh, did I tell you do the work again? Do the workbook, do the work we give you. And that's really what Bob and then Sandy Gallagher, who joined him, helped me understand. But the reason that that journey became so important is that I get to work with people so they don't make that same error in judgment. Mm. <laughs> like don't wait 10 years to realize, Oh, my mind is always going. So I'm always working on myself. Yes. Yeah. Well, your, yourself is definitely always working in some direction, not always great. No. So, you, so you do need to have that that continual work. Yep. Oh, there's the puppies. <laughs> you are having um, mental conversations with your mouth, all, with your head all the time, mm. all the time. What, um, you know, I think it's 
interesting thought about coaching, you know, how much of that is, is real business coaching and how much of it is mental health, like how much therapy stuff is going on in there and anecdotal therapy. Well, you've discovered the trick. So the trick is let them think it's business coaching because they, they want an outcome. So they, they, and, and we all do, we all want yeah, different yeah. outcomes. And for most, whether it's being in sales or in a business, they want better growth or revenue mm. or whatever. And when they start the work, then they get to understand they are the problem and they are the solution. And to be the solution, the work is done inward on yourself. So it is on, yeah. It's so it's it's all and I tell them up front, I go, look, I'm the most non-business business coach that you're ever going to meet. Because I don't care about numbers, I don't care about metrics, I care about where do you want to go. And then once and I tell people flat out, once you discover how to turn on the money spigot, then you're going to realize it more or less pertains to your life. What area of your life would you like to work on next? Because hmm. if we have a challenge in one area, it shows up in another area. How we do one thing is how we do everything. That's pretty true. And boy, that's make, explains why some people are really good at business stuff, but come home and are a disaster. Yep. Or vice versa. They're really good at one spot, but they apply the same. Because that, that worked from, I mean, it worked. I'm really successful. Right. So, you know, I just kind of. Yeah, everything, I, everything, you know, I just walk around with a hammer and I'm really freaking good with this hammer. Like, watch me go. Yeah. And apparently I needed a, a feather boa when I came home, but. Have I yep. shown you my hammer? <laughs> like, there, and then that's exactly okay. what was interesting is, and especially if um, individuals have a partner or married or whatever, yes, they'll yeah. usually say at some point throughout it is that their significant other has commented that they're much nicer or different. Or <laughs> I'm like, and so why is that? And why is that? Well, what's happening there? Because they're not you're not coaching them on personal relationships. No. So it's all about what you're saying between your two ears to yourself. Okay. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time working on that. And, and the way I describe it is that I'm trying to assault their subconscious as many different ways as possible, because it's it's in our subconscious where our actions come from. So it's a lot of the beliefs. It doesn't really matter how it got there. You know, people want to know, was it my parents? Was it like, well, it doesn't really matter. It's just there. <laughs> I, so, I love that. At this point, who cares? No. So let's just duct tape it and figure out how to replace it with something else. They come back periodically. So as a person grows, and this is what I learned when I took that gap is it will circle back in different forms. Mm, yeah, because you haven't, you, you duct taped it, right? Yeah. You haven't, you haven't so, got the wrench out. And... No, but the good thing is you can recognize it. Say, ah. So a great, a great example is um, one of my clients early on 
with, had been raised by a single mom, not the greatest childhood, you know, same stories that you can imagine from most people. Um, highly successful realtor. And okay. during the pandemic, her, her, her 70-year-old mom got in a motorcycle accident, which I just find amusing that she was driving a motorcycle. I know. It's like, okay, let me wrap my head around that one first. <laughs> but she had to go get her. Her mom was in New York. We're here in Georgia. And probably a week into her mom staying with her, she was miserable because those oh, old yeah. paradigms oh. and patterns. Oh. So a paradigm is a habit. And the easiest way for someone to understand that is like how you get up in the morning is habitual. Like if you do it one way, you're going to do that same way every morning. And so she was just back in that old pattern. Oh, weird. So you can call it habit, paradigm, whatever. And she, she called and I, and I explained, this is what's going on. It's really challenging to try and fix the paradigm when you're in the midst of it. Yeah. So we had to, you know, that's the work. So this is simple. The work that I get to do is simple. I never say it's easy. It was recognize what's going on. How can you start to create a better pattern and it was really to set boundaries. She had to start setting boundaries. And then she had to get her mom moved out of her house. That really, <laughs> that really was the answer. I love it. Yeah. Forget all the coaching on this one. This is a straight away. Yeah. Mom's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you're laughing, but that really was. Oh. But you know, the great thing was it taught her about paradigms. And it taught her really quickly because it wasn't like over months. It was a week. It was a week of having her mom back with her ah, that yeah. she went back into. So when I talk about, Interesting, um, right? especially in business, and this is why, like you said, they think they're coming in for business coaching, but it's everything that they do and don't do. And, and I try to speak to them about non-business metrics because they'll hear it better. Because mm -hmm. if I talk about sales and numbers and income, like they think they're doing the work and I go, okay, let's talk about if I want to release weight. Cause first of all, you never say lose weight cause you find what you lose. So I'm like, okay. So if I want to release weight, do you think I should hang out at the uh, donut store at the entry of my subdivision? No, but so what should I be doing and what habits mm -hmm. should I be creating? And it's, it's, it's just odd. They can hear it better when it's not tied to money and business. Maybe it might be where they're experts. Mm -hmm. I, I think that one of the challenges for coaches, and I think you've got this kind of licked, I, I think is you end up in a conversation around business and how to improve the business. And I, I'm never going to be an expert in somebody else's business. Not yep. unless I'm, unless that's my only client and I come work with them and I become a partner. Yep. But it doesn't matter. And that's what really throws people off. You know, early on, it is interesting. Other individuals want to pigeonhole, especially coaches. Well, who do you coach? Yes. What company? What category? And I go, but it doesn't matter. So it really doesn't. But then it's more or less, who do I like working with? Because a business either sells a widget or a service. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, that's it. I've worked with, I've worked with a roofing company. I know nothing about roofing. 
I worked with a spa. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. Like, I don't know. I worked with attorneys. I'm not an attorney. I don't know anything about what they do. So it's, I don't have to. Because what's interesting, and I came from the world of financial services. And when I left, I said, I am never working with those people ever again. Because <laughs> they're just kind of Ellen, like you, know the, you know the old adage, never say never. No, because I do know. Um, You'd but, be a great coach in that area because you know, I mean, you know. Yeah. But here's what happens. And it does, and it wouldn't matter where I came from because here's what they'll say no matter what industry. How and what should I do? I go, doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't. And, and I don't know. And and I don't know. And And the best example was early in the pandemic. And it was, I'm from Chicago, so I can say this. Um, you know, old school, hard headed, where, where I think from Jersey, and all of a sudden he was going to do webinars because there's this company out there that pitches webinars to sales and financial advisors. And I said, do you like doing them? No, I hate doing them. Like, it's not going to work. <laughs> I'm like, <Probably>. you, <laughs> can you look? You don't necessarily have to learn to like something. There was a great article by Ian Gray decades ago, and he studied successful people. And all he basically found was that successful people do what unsuccessful people don't. And somebody asked him later on about how did they learn to like it? And he said, I didn't tell you they learned to like it. They just did it. Did it, yeah. So in anyone's business, it's like, well, let's try something. I mean, you're not going to like all of them because if you did, then you'd be successful and we wouldn't be having this conversation, but you have to start. And that's, and that's the challenge for people because we have shiny objects and apparently we have like a 10 second attention span now. So like the fact that people might be listening to this, I'm like, you know, apparently we just don't let, I like listening. Apparently reading and videos now have to be short goldfish yeah we're holding we've got the the attention span of a goldfish right now yep well it's a little caught i mean it's i think it's a little bit of caught it's cognitive training is that right i mean whatever instagram and facebook and the social medias you know it's we've been retrained yeah and, or probably even rewired i would imagine some of the actual the actual yeah. mechanics is probably rewiring the brain <clears throat> very much so yeah okay there you go you can fix also, it <laughs> from another ex-insurance person, <laughs> I was a uh, in the financial services myself yep. <clears throat> for a hot for a hot minute. Um, what are your who's your best clients? Like, what's you know somebody's listening and you know they've never had a coach, but they you know thought about it. What what makes a great client for you? Someone who's a great student. Hmm. But isn't that hard to find a great student when I'm, a, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a badass. I got a $2 million business, you know, I'm 38 yep. and okay. Wow. I'm struggling a little bit here and there, but you know, I did build this. So here's the underlying part that makes somebody good to work with. Yeah. They have a burning desire. Okay. And they know, and they have a big why. And they might not know what their why is, 
So there was mm. a great story. Um, there's a consultant out there by the name of Joe Stumpf, and he does this exercise called the seven levels deep exercise. Okay. And who made it popular was um, Dean Graziosi, who talked about bringing him in. And again, what he thought was for a consulting for the business in a conference room full of employees asked Dean, why did you hire me? So Dean gave him some. <laughs> oh, that's whatever. so embarrassing. Like, well, no, but it was, you know, Dean's going, well, because we want to do this with customers, whatever it was, because um, he's there's video clips of this. Um, and Joe Stump takes him through seven whys and gets him and crying. Like most of my clients will cry when they go through this and we don't do it. I give them the exercise because when you find out why you want to do the things that you want to do in life, it should be really emotional. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's not always the money. It's what the money can do typically. I think for, for sure. Dean, and I might be wrong on this, but it was about control, about being able to feel like he was in control. I think he moved like 20 times and you know has all these different iterations of not being stable, of wanting to make sure his kids had the ability to choose and were stable. Nothing related to business. But it's why he wanted to do so well in business. Yeah, so, it could have been selling, it could have been selling roofing. He yeah. didn't, he just, he wanted, he needed that, that yeah. why. Hmm. So for me, it's that a person's willing to do that. The other common thread about the people that I tend to work with is that, that I'll go back to that purpose of mine that I mentioned. Yeah. Usually it's because they care about their family, their clients and their community. I love that. I don't work with the one who says, because I've had these people and they're not clients. Because um, the other part of a coach is that we don't have to work with everyone and we shouldn't. There's somebody else out there for those people that I don't want to work with. They're, absolutely. So just because they can fog a mirror doesn't mean that that they're, they're a good fit. Because you also have to think about the characteristics and the personalities and there's two that I'm thinking of. It was all about the money. Like it was somebody probably my age. And I think everyone should not use that word retire. They should rewire, which is what are you going to do next? But in his world, it was, he just needed a ridiculous amount of money in five years. So he could stop working and not do anything. And I'm like, I'm not your person. No. And you, and then they'll upset the group. <laughs> Because they come in with a really different energy. And yeah, not that's not a good energy. That's not a good energy. I wouldn't want to no. work with that energy. No. Because um, then it's, if, if money is the objective, then. Because no. then they're the ones that just need to um, hire the process. But the challenge for someone with those criteria is that they're always looking outside of them for the answer. And until a person can understand that it's in, you have to work on your inside, all the outside stuff, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. I, yeah. That's great. Once you, once you, if you know your, if you connect with your purpose, then you really understand why you're getting up every morning. Yep. That could change your routine. Yes. <laughs> I have a client now who's trying to get up at four 30. It's like, 
And there's two of us that already do. We're like, we'll text you. <laughs> if you really, if you really, you really that, want to be up at four 30, uh, there's people in the group that are, I was, a, I was at one point I was a mad when my corporate life is a madman. I was doing that. And my favorite guy to follow on Instagram was Joko, Joko, Jokowicz or somebody, Jokowicz is, he goes by Joko, J-O-K-O. He's a big motivational yep. guy, hard-ass yep. Marine dude. You know, anyway, yep. he would he would always for I don't he may still do it, but he would post every morning a photo, a shot of his wristwatch. Oh. Eric like Thomas 4 30. Yep. Eric Thomas, I think, was always 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was show. a period of time I was up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it just but that's when I when I had a corporate job and I my only time to work out would be waking up at four thirty or five. Yeah, yep. and that's the only way you could get up, get you know, get something going, get a workout, come back, shower, get on the. Morning's really important for everyone, though. Like it's really important. It's one of the questions I always ask my clients. Like, you know, it is. I need about an hour of, of their time in the morning because mm -hmm. if they don't set it up right, whether it's gratitude, meditation, prayer, studying, whatever, exercise is a big part of it, then, then they've lost the day. Yeah, your day can go sideways real quick. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, can... they don't have the tools. Our days can go sideways no matter what. Hmm. Like, yeah. Even the last practice. minute. Yes. Yeah. And you don't know, like we were chatting earlier today was like, well, okay, like, pointless waste of time so and you can just go down the rabbit hole yes. or you can sit there and go okay so what can I do <laughs> there are things you can always do and sometimes it's also understanding I got to yank myself out of that rabbit hole somebody can say something you can be in a funk you can have a bad sales day yeah. all of those things and it's going to mess with your mind I had a little I had some I had a little bit of a, a hiccup up yesterday and um, and that led me to not paying attention to a calendar thing uh, that I was supposed to cancel. And then that popped up and I was totally unprepared. And so I had to jump on this call that I didn't want to be on. Um, and so I stayed through it. And then towards the end, it got kind of entertaining, which led me to get distracted and then I missed my 12 o'clock. <laughs> so I, I got on a call, which was totally meaning shouldn't have happened, honestly, for the, for both people. I wasn't my head was not there. And yeah. um, and that led me to miss an important call, which did happen today. And all things turned out. But I also did miss my one of my I did miss a podcast yesterday by actually just my whole day. My brain unraveled. I don't even know yeah. what happened. It's the weirdest yep. thing. I I never had it never happens to me where I went. I, I just completely missed a show. Ghosted somebody. Good thing it wasn't today. <laughs> it won't it won't happen for a while. No. And, uh, and but that's the thing, Ken, is you have days like that. We all I, do. Absolutely. You know, it, we all it's just in for me it was weird because I'm, I'm in the space now and I'm hearing stories. I hear so many stories. And for me to kind of just kind of go at about five o'clock yesterday, I was like, what the hell was that day? The last four or five hours, my brain just yeah. left the building. No. Yeah. So you just get to go, 
what worked well, what didn't work. And you're right, then it doesn't happen again. But yeah. that's yeah. really what days get to show us. And I tell I, every, every week I'm telling them, look at your week at the end of the week. Yes. How did it go? Because, okay. so here's a secret. Coaches become coaches so they can coach themselves. <laughs> I, it's like therapy. There's a lot of therapists who get into therapy because you know they're they're trying to fix themselves. Fix something happened. They get good at. It. They they figure it out. Yep. They keep working on themselves and they help other people. Yep. We have um, we have a coach in Canada who actually spent 25 years as a therapist before yeah. she discovered this. And what she said is that especially the, the the process that we do and especially the work with understanding beliefs and mm -hmm. self-esteem and image and all that. She said, this works much faster than therapy. So people understood that there are ways of working with coaches that just leave therapy in the dust. Like we don't care about why I don't care about, I don't care about backstories. We don't care about that. It is it is an interesting um, approach, right? It is like I love that. Well, however you got here, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you want to explain like you rode in on the horse and this? Like really, it doesn't matter. And and what I really appreciate now, though, like if anyone can see all those books behind me, I'm a I love books, but I like the old ones. I'm talking like decades old, because what it allows a person to understand is that the message hasn't changed. How to really get to where you want to go hasn't changed. It's, yeah. it's, it's super the same. cool. So if that hasn't changed, then there's hope. <laughs> yeah, there's no, it's not like it's a mystery. No, it's not a mystery. I get hired because people don't open the books and do what they tell you to do. Because well, we're our so biggest it, critics. Yeah, and, you hold hold somebody's hand and help. And we don't think it. it we don't think it works. And when we when we when I explain like I don't care about what happened ten years ago for anyone. Um, mm -hmm. Neville Goddard in the book Power of Awareness, there's a short sentence that he puts in there, written in the 1930s, and said, "I'm going to leave the science explanation to the people of the future. I'm not." Pretty much, I'm not going to waste my time in this book. But he was very good at explaining, pay attention to what you're imagining because you are creating your future. And when I read that, you know, in today's world, you have like Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, explaining it in the quantum physics world. Yes. So I'm... I'm like science and math. And so for somebody who either thinks this is woo-woo, like, like, no, pretty much not. Now it's proven in the quantum physics field. It, yeah, quantum, it, this is a cool, I'd love to have that conversation. How about some closing thoughts? Um, <laughs> oh, because I could go down that rabbit hole really hard. I know. Um, but we that would be a, that's a whole other, yeah, that's a, actually this. separate, that's a separate podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, we could do an around, I'd love to do one actually around that, but that's totally yeah. outside my willy, yeah. my willy. Um, how about some closing thoughts? Um, just maybe a message for the audience, how, how people can find you. Yeah. Um, you know, that good stuff. Thankfully the other Ellen Tyler um, has 
decided not to have a website. No, <laughs> she was a makeup artist. So some closing thoughts. Here's what <laughs> I would say. You may have the ability to change their outcome. Mm. Read a book. Like if you don't have the wherewithal to hire a coach, pick, I, I, and I tell people, pick the book that resonates for you. Just because I like the old books, like, you know, The Science of Getting Rich with, you know, Neville Goddard and all of those, it doesn't mean that any of the newer ones aren't just as good. Right. But then do what the book, then do what it tells you to do. Um, and accept that you're on a journey and that, mm. and accept that it's the inside work, not the outside work and stop blaming others because really we are the problem. We are the solution. I, so I as soon that. as they can accept that and the, the best way that they can help themselves is really by asking questions, simple thing in the morning, who do I need to call today? What do I need to do today? And then mm. sit quietly and listen for the answer. Interesting technique. Yep. They really can. You know, I help a lot of people who aren't at the point of working with me or a coach because they're simple things. And if they just sit in gratitude in the morning, watch to see what happens to them for the rest of the day and the week and the month. And it's just have the expectation there's an old um, verse and it's um, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And sometimes you can just ask for the evidence to be seen. You can ask your subconscious is the reticular activating system. So just like when you buy a car, you start to see that car everywhere, give it a command and expect it to do the work for you. Put me in the right place at the right time. And then when you have an intuition, follow it. If it says call Ken, then pick up the phone and call Ken. Simple things. Like there really are some simple things. Um, Those are crazy it, thoughts though, really following your intuition, right? Which is a voice in your head and that gut. We Just are spirit. We're intellect and we're a physical body all at the same time. Hmm. We all have the ability to create the life we want. We're spiritual with an intellect and a physical body. Hmm. I know. But that's why I like, I get it down to basics. Express gratitude in the morning. I love that. Questions and then listen to them. Really with expectation. I I love that part about expectation of, of, Asking for proof. Yep. Yep. Ask Gratitude, for expectation. Yep. So they can find me on, uh, I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, Ellen Tyler coaching. I have a Facebook group called work less, earn more. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a great. <laughs> for, for Look, I am all about work, your purpose. And work can be volunteering, but for most, who grew up like I did, they think they have to work hard to make more. No, work less, make more. I was that that was that World War II generation we were raised by. Yep. Hard work. <laughs> gotta gotta work hard. And then all of a sudden you go, wait a second. Like I 
the other thing is if they ever work with a coach, the first question you should ask that coach is who do they work with? Because coaches should be working with other coaches if this is the world that we work uh, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of the coaches that I'm in his mastermind, he works part time. He's probably close to eight figures now, but he's worked part time for a long time. And I go, work less, make more. Thanks so much, Ellen. Thanks everybody for if listening to this. You're probably on an audio podcast somewhere. Uh, you know, do go down and rate us, and um, you know, leave some leave some comments. Ellen, really much appreciated. Very yeah. interesting chat. Some colorful. <laughs> there's some quotable quotes inside there. There's some quotable quotes. Thanks again, everybody. I'll see you on the other side, Ellen. Not a problem. Thanks. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from Ooh. the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.